greetings earthlings and other questionable humanoids who waste our air and throw bubblicious gum wrappers into the town pond and thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the zelda roy show naturally i am zelda roy and i'm reporting live from the city of delarens where everything is made in the shade and calvin and hobbs is required elementary school reading For those of you who are coherent and or cautious, thank you for tuning in. For those of you who are unintentionally avoiding me, you get a pass just this once. You are probably trying to scratch through your skin or sweating like an obese toad, and trust me, that is something no one wants or needs to see. I shouldn't make light of the situation. Delorenz is in the midst of what we now know is a serious chickenpox epidemic. We've already lost several of our own over the past few days. In fact, I would like to dedicate today's broadcast to the fallen, especially to my friend Ollie, who opened my eyes to joys I never knew existed and introduced me to the miraculous world of food delivery. I have never known a more gentle soul. Ollie, this one's for you. Today, I have quite an eccentric listener submission for you. Look what you did, you little jerk, writes. Greetings, Zelda. If you were to make your own magic eight ball, what would you call it? And what 20 different phrases would you put in it? You have 45 seconds. You think you have me beat, little jerk, but I hold the Delarenz record for speed slam poetry, so you asked for it. Raphael will be keeping time. I would obviously call it the hollow sphere of painful truths, and the 20 responses would be 1. No. 2. Seriously. No. 3. Stop shaking me. 4. Don't quit your day job. 5. Get a job. 6. Get a life. 7. Life is fickle. 8. It's up in the air. 9. Get over it. 10. Signs point to shut up. 11. Shh, it's a secret. 12. You wouldn't understand. 13. Just kidding. 14. Your hands are sweaty. 15. Everything is a lie. 16. Keep dreaming, kid. 17. No, you won't. 18. The future looks grim. 19. Never in a million years, asshole. 20. Look behind you. Done. You lose, you little jerk. Now that I've gotten that major life achievement out of the way, let's move on to bigger and better slabs of marble. But just out of curiosity, Raphael, what was my time? 33.4 seconds. Ha! Can't wait to bring that time with me to the next slam. We're riffing on the subject of fermentation in iambic pentameter, and the winner gets a gift certificate to the new yarn store, so needless to say, I am getting cranked. You know, Wayne Skeins. They opened last week. All of Mulberry was closed off for the grand opening. How could you not know about it? Raphael, sometimes I question your humanity. You don't have to leave. Was it something I said? He's so sensitive, honestly. You'd think someone who writes obituaries would have tougher skin. Anyway, let's continue with today's slightly unplanned show. It's difficult to write proper segments when you're possibly in mortal danger. Before I start off on the remainder of what is sure to be a magnificent piece of auditory art, I must give one last message to my community. If I care about you, Please check in with me here at the station and let me know you're okay. If I don't care about you, well, you should know who you are and shouldn't bother anyway. I know the town is on lockdown, 
I myself haven't left this room in 36 hours. I'm running out of chewy granola bars, which aren't delicious by the way, so even if you outsiders did give Delorens the plague, at least you softened the blow with the delectable combination of chocolate and granola that does not taste like your grandparents' upholstery. In summary, outsiders, I'm still upset with you. Honestly, couldn't you have told us about the chickenpox vaccine? But your snacks will get me through these trying times. All the s'mores taste without the mess or third-degree burns? Way out. And to my loved ones. Off the top of my head, I can think of maybe four. Please let me know you're safe. Don't forget the emergency beepers we received at last year's public safety meeting. Who knew a sudden upsurge in the squirrel population could actually be helpful in the long run? Meanwhile, back at the ranch, today's review is on the first book in a popular New York Times best-selling series. I've also been told that the series has been included in the favorite things list of someone named Opera, and while I don't understand the significance of her approval, apparently you can put her sticker on anything, and your stock will be sold out in less than a day. And so I present to you, if you give a mouse a cookie. My initial thought before I even opened the book was how unsanitary the concept seems. Firstly, why are we teaching our children to interact with a vermin? And second of all, why are we teaching our children to waste food? Clearly, whoever wrote this book, okay, yes, I saw the book cover and I do know who wrote it, never had to be quarantined in a 10 by 10 office with nothing to eat but granola bars for 36 hours. Thirdly, this wasn't one of my initial problems, but it came to me just now and I would be remiss if I did not mention it. Why are we teaching our children that animals can speak? I'm assuming this mouse asked for a cookie verbally and not through sign language or pictograms because the narrative would undoubtedly be quite different. Now the prose itself is elementary, which I suppose is acceptable for a children's book, though I am more in the camp of treating children like adults so as to promote emotional development and intelligence at a faster rate. I understand that's not everyone's cup of gloss. I do appreciate the repetitive nature of the story. It's a stylistic choice I can get behind, and honestly, I listened to the audio version and it was incredibly soothing, especially after another 12 hours in quarantine. The story is considered by many critics to be circular, which is to say it ends in the same place it begins, so once the mouse goes through the annoying motions of asking for this and that and this and that, he then asks for, again, a cookie, which then prompts him to ask for a glass of milk and between you and me, I lost my patience at the first glass of milk, so I don't know how parents can stand any- Excuse me, this could be one of the few people I care about checking in. Hello? Hi, sweetie! Must, must be a wrong number. No, it's us! It's your grandparents, silly. You mean the elderly couple that raised me before taking off to Disneyland? Yeah. Elderly? Hi. You guys didn't need to check in. You're not in Delorens, therefore you're not in mortal peril. What? What sort of stories are you making up now? I swear! You really haven't heard? Come on, you two. I know I taught you enough about the internet before you left to be able to check the news online while you were gone. That thing is too complicated. My fingers are always too big for the buttons. <sighs> Margaret, hang up and Google. Excuse me? Google. 
chickenpox epidemic de Lorenz, and then call me back in at least one hour. Should that all be one word? Just because it's the internet doesn't mean the rules of grammar no longer apply. Well, just do it, okay? Okay, sweet pea. We love you! Okay, love you, bye. Sorry about that, folks. So, like I was saying, the plot is circular, and I guess that's okay, you know, for a children's book or whatever. I'm just not a fan of that particular literary device. If, say, the mouse were to ask for the second glass of milk, and then the child gives it to him but laced with poison, now that would be a plot twist I could get behind. Then the book could also be used as a helpful tool in teaching children about the inevitability of death, which is really something that should be thought of more. One moment. Hello? Hey, Zell. Valeria, think Jupiter. Are you okay? What about Daisy? Is Daisy okay? Also, I thought I told you never to call me that. I'm fine, and so is Daisy. I've been working non-stop for the past few days, so I haven't even left the house. Where's Kate? He's indisposed. I'm going to need more than that. Well, you know what today is. Oh. Oh. So he's... grieving. Hasn't come out of the bedroom for hours. Well, at least he's safe. He's... Barlow's not with him, is he? Subtle, but no. That party pooper's off being noble, trying to help with whatever medical training he has. I don't actually know what kind of doctor he is. Anyway, he says everyone deserves the same treatment, so he's gone out to the furthest sectors since they're not getting enough supplies. What? That's crazy. It's total germsville out there. I told him not to go, but he started ranting about class structure and affordable healthcare, and I gave up so I wouldn't have to listen to him anymore. Okay, well, I'm kind of still on the air, so I've got to get back to that, but keep me posted, okay? Later, Gator. Sorry. Again. Where were we? Yes, the inevitability of death. Oh, this was definitely a mistake. Hello? Are you kidding me? Why would you ever think I would be interested in hearing if you're alive? Drop dead twice, Kenneth G. Fabio. Well, I never. So the mouse asks for a cookie, and that is the catalyst for a number of completely unrelated events, including but not limited to sweeping, napping, and trimming whiskers. It's really all over the place, and I don't have the patience for such a choppy narrative. I prefer smooth, uninterrupted. What? What's got you frosted? I'm starting to reconsider pre-recorded shows. It's certainly less authentic, but I wouldn't have these interruptions, and I realize this time it's maybe a little bit my fault because I asked for updates, but honestly, I didn't expect anyone to actually follow through with it because I didn't think anyone would be listening, but clearly they are, and now I'm just embarrassed at the quality of today's show, and I'm even more embarrassed that I just said- Righto. I uh, just want to let you know that Barlow called. He's on his way back, and get this, he thinks he has the cure. Oh, wow. That's great. I won't believe it until I see it, because it's Barlow and I don't trust anything about the men, but that's hypothetically wonderful. Kate trusts him, so I trust him. Do you not remember the time Kate told you gravity didn't work at night and then you jumped out of the treehouse? So, um, feel free to update me and... Yeah, give me ten minutes, because I really don't have much hope for the rest of this broadcast. But... Bye! Also, I think this book is a poorly structured lesson in the importance of knowing when to say no. If the boy refused the mouse the cookie in the first place, all of the subsequent requests could have been avoided. 
No straws, no naps, no stories, and more importantly, no more books in the series. The illustrations are okay, I guess. That's it. I'm changing my ringtone to that song from the animal cruelty commercials. Please tell me you're calling with commentary about the mouse book. Uh, hello? Yes, hi. Who are you and why are you coughing on my live radio show? Oh, it's, uh, <coughs> it's Horace, you know, Horace, <coughs> Apple Bottom. Um, Horace, how do I put this nicely? You are not on my list of people I care about. That wasn't actually put nicely, was it? I don't care. You're wasting my time, Horace. Why are you always wasting my time? I don't care about you. I don't care that you're sick. And I don't care about why you call, because frankly, nothing you could say would make me keep you on the air. So goodbye, Horace. And for your own sake, sanitize your phone, okay? Goodbye, and have a grundy day. Emmerich Argyle! Was, was that a cough? It sounded phlegmy. It's important. You need to know. He's... You should find... He was... He knows... He can explain everything about... About what? Horace? Horace, are you there? Who is he? Horace, of all the times to be blatantly disrespectful, I can't believe you would just... Oh. Oh, I think he... But what did he mean by that? The man literally, with his dying breath, gave me a name, and what am I supposed to do with that? Why would he... My father. It must be. I knew Horace was holding out on me. Didn't know his name, my ass. I mean, what a tragedy. Lori, if you're listening, I am so terribly sorry for your loss. At least you never actually went through with the wedding. No one wants to date a widow. Emmerich Argyle. I always imagined my father having a more noble name, like Alistair, or Geoffrey with a G, or Dave. Zelda Argyle. Ugh, the double A. Zelda Roy Argyle. I kind of like that. It's very science fiction novelist. Let's not pop the clutch here, Zelda. You might not even want to be associated with this guy. So let's find out, shall we? Google. Am I feeling lucky? Is that a rhetorical question? That seems kind of personal for a search engine. E. M. E? <sighs> the least Horace could have done for me was to spell that name phonetically. Did you mean Emmerich? Rogel. No. Eric Argel. No. American Eagle? <laughs> Definitely not. Pennsylvania legislation and voting records? I thought this was supposed to be helpful. Cellulose nanofibers? What is this sorcery? Clearly Horace is... was... pulling my leg. Or this guy is totally off the grid. Okay, now I'm interested. But how to get him on the grid? 
or at least in the vicinity of the grid. And bingo was his name Anastasia Edgerton is always in orbit, and she loves gossip so much I probably won't even have to blackmail it out of her. Which would be preferable because I was planning on using what I have on her to get her to schedule the Who's the Bossa Nova festival I've been pushing for the past few weeks. I'll send her a textual message. Hey, I am try, try ingredients, trying to get in you, whoa, get in touch with Ollie's friends to hold, that's in all caps now, okay, hold a, why is child the first suggestion, memorial service, but there's one name I'm not familiar with, do you happen to know Emmerich Ariel, no, Argyll, that's sent. Now, the illustrations for the book are what I would classify as cutesy, certainly nothing to write home about, but nonetheless entertaining to small humans. If you can look past the fact that the mouse is wearing overalls, which, okay, are adorable, but completely unrealistic, then, well, good for you. I found it terribly distracting. I also found myself distracted by the size of the titular cookie in relation to the mouse's head. Cookies shouldn't be that small, unless the mouse is actually quite large, which would mean, ipso facto, the cookie is an acceptable size, which would mean, also, ipso facto, the human child giving said mouse said cookie is actually a giant. Most likely none of that is the case, and it's simply an exaggerated picture in a children's storybook. Size perspective aside, Anastasia returned my text. Painter. Never paid electricity bill on time. Often rented Fantasia. Always picked out the yellow M&Ms. Check out his piece, Double Indemnity Claws. It changed my life. And then there's a picture of a yellow circle with two holes. Oh, it's a smiley face. Huh. That's quaint. Excuse me for a moment, listeners. I just need to look up this Double Indemnity Claws to see what all the fuss is about. Anastasia is not known for her taste in art, so I have my doubts. If you're listening, Anastasia, I'm sorry, but Flash Gordon comics are not considered fine art. Now, it shouldn't take me long to find it with a new art retrieval database we installed last year. <laughs> you're welcome. Here we go. Double Indemnity Claws by Emmerich Argyll, 2010, Multimedia, ugh. I don't understand multimedia. Pick a media and stop torturing my eyeballs. Loading. Oh, wow. Oh, that's... That's something, all right. It looks like Diet Claws tastes. It looks like someone vomited on a canvas and hot glued pieces of newspaper to it and Jackson pollocked it with peanut butter. So that's his stuff. It actually isn't the worst I've seen. I remember the night June, the night of the gala, some guy was auctioning off the most atrocious pieces, and now that I think of it, wait. This is, I, I think that's, I know I still have the pictures from that night. Where is that floppy disk? Aha. While this loads, my chums, let's get back to that prodigal mouse and his forbidden cookie. Once you look past the jarring size discrepancy, the illustrations are quite nice. 
The shading is spectacular and that cookie, regardless of size, does look good enough to eat. Actually, I was reading this book to Daisy in preparation for my review, and she started to lick the page, which was one of the cuter things she's done this week. I'm glad I bought the hardcover with the semi-gloss pages because I can't imagine what Baby Troll would do to a paperback. The floppy loaded. Marvin. Marvin. Ugh. More Marvin. Forks. Well, that shouldn't be in there. Valeria's pants. Where are the auction items? There. I knew I recognized it. That exact painting was being auctioned off the night June died. Emmerich must have been there that night. Maybe he's been here all along. He's just been hiding from me. Doesn't he want to see me? Maybe he doesn't know about me? Wait, here's a picture of June and no. It looks like she's buying the painting? She bought my father's terrible eyesore of a painting? I hate my father's painting. I hate it so much. Well, that sucks. There goes that potential father-daughter bonding moment. I wish I could see his face, but the picture is too blurry. I can really only make out the shoes. Holy moly. Either I was born to a five-year-old father or this guy is not my father at all. It's June Stranger. Sal. There's no time, Valeria. This stranger in his hideous shoes will be the death of me. Speaking of hideous, that tie, that's, that's Barlow and he's, he's shaking hands with Emmerich and talking to June. But he and Kate didn't become friends until, and then there's Kate with Barlow and June and Emmerich and Valeria. Why wasn't I invited? Okay, that's not the point, Zelda. Focus. I knew I didn't trust Barlow for a reason, other than his poor fashion sense. But why would everyone pretend not to know him until after June died? Were Kate and Barlow all along? Did Kate know June and Emmerich were seeing each other? Were they seeing each other? And if they were, was he okay with it? Because he was, you know, hanging out with Barlow? Well, that would make a lot of sense. The fact of the matter is something shady went down that night and it had to do with Emmerich Argyll. So Horace wasn't helping me find my father at all. Thanks a lot, dead Horace. Sorry, sorry. Was he actually helping me find June's killer? I thought Caius Wilburn Selby was literally holding the gun. Was he not the one who killed June? Was Horace trying to tell me Emmerich Argyll had something to do with June's death? But how would Horace even know this Emmerich guy? Did they... You've got to be kidding me. There he is with everyone else. Standing by that horrific painting that's going to give me nightmares for the rest of my young adult life. I really need to find out who took these pictures because I should probably send them a free basket or something. Actually, I should send them an edible arrangement. Those are most definitely on my top 10 list of outsider foods that can be given as gifts. 
They even make them dipped in chocolate, which reminds me, can mice eat chocolate? According to the illustrations, the cookie is obviously chocolate chip, and I know dogs can't eat chocolate, so maybe it's an animal thing? Note to self, look that up, because if it's true that mice can't eat chocolate, then any positive remarks I had about the book should be rescinded, because the entire foundation of the story is a lie. It's all a lie! I can't believe everyone knew this guy and didn't tell me! Why couldn't I know? What really happened that night? Zelda, don't. Liar! Well, what? I didn't even like you, but June made me hang out with you, and so I did because she was my best friend, and now I find out you were canoodling with her murderer? Um, is this a roleplay thing? I can't talk to you right now. No, Zelda, stop. You need to come over here. It's Kate. What about Kate? Does he need help torturing adorable kittens or something? He's... It's bad, Zelda. He's gotten so much worse. He won't wake up, and his fever is too high, and I can't reach Barlow, and I... I'm scared, Zelda. Please, what if he... He won't. I'll be right there. Just keep Daisy away from him. It's going to be okay. I'm sorry, listeners, but I've got to haul ass. Kate is... he's... You know what? I am so tired of people I care about being taken from me for stupid reasons. Stupid reasons that have to do with the outside world. First June could have been saved if only our hospital had access to a ventilator, but no, we didn't have that because it wasn't ours, it was theirs. And so she died, and now Kate, he's dying because of some stupid sickness that makes toddlers itchy, but because we've never been exposed to it, our immune systems can't handle that sort of invasion. How is that fair? And you know what else isn't fair? Being lied to? My friends are liars, and June is dead, and Kate is... Spoiler alert, the mouse dies at the end. I'm sorry, that was petty. I shouldn't take out my anger on you all. Read the book, don't read the book. Live the life you want to live because you never know when some sort of weirdly named infectious disease is going to rob you of it. Zelda Roy signing off. She always leaves this thing on. The Zelda Roy Show is written and produced by Rosemary Booker and Claire Kitten, who think recycling is a conspiracy, for future reference. The voice of Zelda is Claire Kitten. The voice of Valeria was Rosemary Booker. The voice of Horace was Tony Bender. And the voice of Raphael was Justin Roth. Music by Rosemary Booker. Check us out at zeldaroy.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>